Welcome to Kansas City Confidential, a podcast where we hear from the people behind Kansas City's local restaurants, businesses, and personalities. I'm your host, Sari, and on today's episode, I'm joined by Alex and Jess, owners of French Custard in Brookside. This ice cream shop completely sold out of their inventory within the first three days of opening. Here are Alex and Jess to talk about what makes their ice cream so delicious and their shop so unique. Casey's Confidential. Casey's Confidential. I think one thing the three of us have in common is our love for ice cream. I love ice cream. It's my favorite dessert. And I want to mention on your website, it says French custard started as a love letter to ice cream. I know you recently moved to Kansas City from New York City. Was the plan always to start an ice cream company? The plan wasn't always necessarily to start an ice cream company. Um, We had lived in New York for about five years. I was working in finance. Jessica was working in fashion. And we were always very entrepreneurial. So uh, originally, we had a clothing line because Jessica's background was in fashion. And then the pandemic killed that. And around the same time, we had kind of fallen out of love with the fashion industry in general. Fast fashion is well-capitalized, impossible to compete with. So We'd always planned on moving back to Kansas City. We're from KC originally. Well, I am. Jessica lived here after high school. Yes, we moved back to Kansas City, and we were living in my parents' basement, and my grandma had just given us an ice cream maker, and it kind of went from there. Yeah, it was like a 1980s Williams-Sonoma brand ice cream maker. It was like 75 pounds, and it had the freezer function inside the ice cream maker, so you could make ice cream in 10 minutes. Uh, so we would, when we had friends over, they'd be like, oh, I want dessert. And I'm like, oh, let's just make ice cream. We have this ice cream machine. Uh, so we just started to make a ton of ice cream a lot. And uh, our favorite style of ice cream is French style. And it's very popular in New York, but it just wasn't in Kansas City. So I also started making French style ice cream, which is just milk, cream, egg, and sugar. And uh, from there, it really blossomed out. <laughs> What were some of the flavors you were making when you were making that for your friends? That's an easy one because I actually, I don't really like sweets all that much, but ice cream is the one dessert that I'll eat. So when we were in New York City, I tried this flavor. It's called honeycomb and it's actually in the shop today. Um, It's you boil sugar and then you pour baking soda into it. And it's like a science experiment in middle school. And that causes the honeycomb to expand. And then it crystallizes like that. And it looks like honeycomb. So that was the first flavor I ever tried, and I was just addicted from the start. So that was what we started out making, and then it kind of just expanded from there as people gave us ideas. Yeah, I remember uh, like one day we tested olive oil ice cream, which I don't know if you've ever had olive oil ice cream, but it is literally the best flavor. It's so good. It's um, like you have to use really high quality olive oil because you can really taste like every flavor note. But uh, our friends who are more like cookies and cream fans, they were like, this is not something I'd normally like, but it's so good. Yeah. Uh, we'd love to have that flavor in the shop, but it's a little pricey to have <laughs> high quality olive oil and ice cream. Um, but then also we made a ton of chocolate because we just always had chocolate in the house in some form. So a lot of the times it was, we had sugar, so we'd make honeycomb or we'd have chocolate so we could kind of make up flavors that we had in the house. And because Jessica was trying to make, because she was the one making the ice cream originally, desserts that I would eat, they were all very Alex flavors. So toffee crunch would be another flavor that's in the shop today that we really bounce between that and honeycomb the whole time. 
So when did you take it from this fun evening activity you were doing with friends to deciding, hey, maybe this is something we should do as a business? It honestly happened pretty fast because we moved back to Kansas City and we knew that we didn't want to be in fashion anymore, but we needed, we didn't want to get regular jobs. We were really kind of looking for another entrepreneur, entrepreneurial outlet. I remember like sitting in Alex's parents' basement when we were living there right after, like right during COVID and having a piece of paper. We had figured out like the price of the cost of pizza. We were thinking we were going to do pizza because we love to cook. So we love sourdough, fermenting. Um, We're very passionate about making pizza. So we, for a while, thought about that. And then one day it kind of clicked and we were like, what about ice cream? Like our ice cream is amazing. People love it. And uh, we decided that we'd kind of take a chance with ice cream. It's a little easier hours, uh, especially with like pizza or bakery type thing. You're working crazy early mornings. That's just a lot more complex. So we figured if we had ice cream, we could do it as a pop-up pretty easily, which actually was not that easy because uh, ice cream is very highly regulated and you can't make it at home. Like you'd say, like if you were a bakery pop-up. So we had to find a place to make the ice cream. So it got kind of complicated. Yeah. Another thing was with ice cream, um, there weren't a lot of other people doing it in the pop-up community. And uh, there had already, we'd already seen like stag pizza at that point and devoured and they were making really, really good pizza. So we just decided that maybe ice cream made a little bit more sense. I want to ask about your location, which I said when I met you both in person that you were located on Brookside Boulevard, right off of the trolley trail. There could not be a more perfect location for an ice cream shop for families walking by and anyone else who is who's taking advantage of the trail. How would you come upon that spot? So it's actually funny. We live a couple blocks from the shop. And so we'd always walk by and uh, we thought it'd be a great spot for ice cream. But uh, the old landlord who had it, it's changed hands since then. They had a sign up front that said, would be great for a chiropractor or an interior designer. And so we just assumed they didn't want any food in it and we just never asked. And then we had looked at places around town. We really wanted, and this is the essence of French custard, a neighborhood ice cream spot. We're big believers in community. Walkability. Walkability. And one of the things that we learned in New York City was we would see all these elderly people who lived in our apartment building and they were just like invincible because they're walking everywhere. They knew everyone. The guy at the bodega at the street corner would be like, hey, Jimmy, how are you doing? So we really, we love the idea of a neighborhood ice cream spot. So we originally looked at a place in uh, the West Plaza, which has been leased by Chingu Coffee. It wasn't a great fit for us. It was too big. But uh, so we looked at that. And then we, once that didn't feel like a perfect fit, we just decided to bite the bullet and ask the landlord of the, uh, the existing shop location at 59th and Brookside Boulevard whether he would entertain a change of zoning. And uh, yeah, and it, it worked out that they were um, happy to have us zone, rezone. And uh, then we lucked out and the building ended up getting bought by Terra Management, which is local before it was a regional um, company. But um, Terra Management really wanted to improve the building and make it a cute neighborhood spot. So it worked really well that our vision lucked out with the new landlord vision and we were really able to make it a super cool shop. And our our absolute dream was that you'd be walking down the trolley trail and you'd see someone holding a French custard cup and you'd be like, oh my gosh, where did you get that? Like, I want ice cream. Because so often in New York, if you saw someone on the street eating ice cream, I'd be like, where, where did you get that ice cream? I'm going to go get some right now. So it's really cool because it's our vision worked out exactly like we wanted. I mean, we uh, 
covertly or just like on the trail ourselves walking and people are eating our ice cream and uh you know enjoying like the beautiful weather the location has been incredible we could not have been more happy with what we chose you sold out of your inventory the first I I don't even know if you were open for a full week when you sold out of inventory all of this ice cream you had made you instantly sold out so what do you credit that instant success to I think it goes back to that idea of just being the neighborhood ice cream shop. And one of Kansas City's superpowers is if you pour your heart and soul into something and you make a really good product, uh, and we try really hard to make the the best ice cream we can, I think people got it and they they kind of just started backing us up and supporting us. And that the uh, the response was just overwhelming at first. And so we did, we sold out. We make our ice cream completely from scratch. A lot of ice cream shops will buy a mix from a dairy and that's fine, but that's just not the way we wanted to do things. So the machine that makes our ice cream base was broken. But what happened was since it was broken, we were making the ice cream base by hand, just in big pots on induction burners, stirring for an hour to get two tubs of ice cream. So right off the bat, we were behind the eight ball. We didn't expect demand to be this crazy. And we were working 18 hours a day and our ice cream inventory was still dwindling. So we're Robin Krause, who owns uh, Billy's Grocery and Billy's Juicery is a mentor of ours. She texted us and she's like, hey guys, like you might want to consider closing for a few days just until you get your feet under you because people are going to want to see more than six flavors when they walk in. And that's all that's left at this point. Yeah, so it was um, it was very surprising and shocking at first because we thought you know we we love our product and we were excited and we thought you know it'd be relatively busy. Um, but I mean, at one point we thought maybe we could run it completely by ourselves and like scoop by ourselves. And thankfully, we um, have pretty large staff now because that is not not possible to make the ice cream and scoop the ice cream and sell it. But yeah, closing was huge because it really gave us the ability to make a good customer experience because basically. I think we were open for three days before we shut down because on the third day uh, we only had six flavors left. So people were traveling to us so excited and then getting this bad experience. So we realized we'd rather be open four days a week and give them an amazing experience instead of being closed and, you know, run out of product. So the uh, equipment's fixed now. So we're open six days a week and uh, we all, we have one tub of ice cream left from yesterday. We almost sold out completely yeah. yesterday, <laughs> but now we're able to, we have Mondays, we're still closed. And we're able to catch up for the next week, which and, has been huge. And one more thing, the spot is amazing. And we wanted to have a small footprint just to make sure we could uh, get our operations efficient, but it's only 750 square feet. We have one reach in freezer. So we don't have any room to stock up and we go through our inventory basically once every day and a half on average. So the result of that means that we're making ice cream every single day. Jessica and I are in the back for a long time, uh, <laughs> just because we can't store up like four or five reach-in freezers or a, a walk-in freezer. For a business that's been open for such a short amount of time, that is absolutely incredible. And a huge congrats to both of you and your team for everything that you have conquered in such a short amount of time. Yeah, thank you. And we really... We owe it so much to the team. All the scoopers have been incredible. They've had our back. It was pretty hectic there for the first few weeks, and they just did a really great job. You have already partnered with some big names in Kansas City. I know you've had ice cream flavor with Andre's Chocolates and your adorable hats made by Sandlot Goods. How did you get connected with both of those brands? So we got connected with Sandlot Goods through, um, we use Design Ranch, who is in the West Side North neighborhood, and they're just an amazing uh, marketing business. So they made scoop and came up with our color and uh, really helped us hone in our brand. And they uh, partner a lot with Sandlot Goods. So 
that was a great no brainer that we would go with them. And then um, Andres, our good friend, Anna Petro Mulvihill, uh, she had been doing a shoot with the Andres family and had been talking about that we were about to open. And uh, Renee and Nancy were just like, we love ice cream. We would love to talk about to them and see if they wanted to collaborate. So we, the Friday morning of our health inspection, we met at Andres. And then by Monday, we had a collaboration ready to go for opening. So it was really awesome. And um, Renee and Nancy really helped us out a ton, giving us a ton of advice. And we were really able to make some really cool flavors very fast. Yeah, Anna's an insanely talented food photographer. And so she had known that our wedding cake was Andre's. And I actually grew up um, going to Andre's. I was like in a half day kindergarten. And so my mom and I would go to Andre's and just like have a treat. So it's it means a lot to to me. And then um, Sandlock is just like you said, another great local brand. So it made a ton of sense. Yeah, Alex and I, uh, we're high school sweethearts, and Alex would ask me to dances with Andre's cake. So Andre's goes very far back for us. So it was very, it was a very cool moment to get to collaborate with them on a brand that we love so much. Yeah, I know when when we first met, I mentioned that growing up for me, the ice cream shop I always visit is Maggie Moo's, which is very kitschy. It's very bubblegum pink. You think of it and you think of children, I guess. I don't know how else to say that, but in my mind, you just, you think of children. Kitschy is the opposite of what French custard is. It is sleek. It is, it it has such an awesome city vibe. What was the process of coming up of that look and that aesthetic for your brand? I think the essence of French custard is simplicity and just quality ingredients and all of that. Um, so we make the ice cream with milk, cream, egg, and sugar. And one of the things that I have always felt like was just really in conflict with, with that is when you walk into an ice cream store and their menu is just enormous. Like there's three different boards and the sizes are like, I don't know, they have seven different sizes and they have all these different sundaes. So part of our directive to them was we want... And this is what Jessica always says, a place where if you were to go on a date, you're a 20 something couple after the date, a place where you'd feel like cool going to get some ice cream and then go home and eat it. So we told the design ranch team, part of what we want is that and then the simplicity. And then also on top of it, uh, a lot of ice cream branding is very similar in that it's just straight up Americana nostalgia. So what I told the design ranch team was, if it reminds you of Branson, Missouri, don't include it in our community because that is not what we're about. We were really trying to go, I mean, kind of selfishly because we live across the street from the shop, but we really wanted to get the essence. We lived in West Village in New York and you would walk to dinner and then you would walk to the local ice cream shop. All of our friends and fan, like, and Alex's brother lives there, like we would just run into them. So that was the thing you did. Like you would go out and then at the end of the night, you would grab some ice cream on your way home. And it was always like a fun party vibe. And it was just very exciting. And of course, kids love ice cream. Kids are always going to love ice cream. And what I love about Scoop is that kids love it as much as adults do. It doesn't feel like we're not including anyone. Like adults and kids alike get to have this really fun experience eating awesome ice cream and having a cool space to enjoy it in. I love that French custard is a place for all ages. And as you said, with having that vibe of being able to go as a young adult and not feeling like you're carrying this cup right next to like where the 12 year olds who think they're cool out on the (laughs) night. (laughs) I think that goes back to uh, one of the taglines we have. We have two taglines. One is flavor the moment and the other is taste and see. We don't need to dress the shop up like a carnival for you to want to come in. Just come in. Try a sample and you will see the difference because I, I'm biased, but I think our ice cream is just so, so good. 
one of our big things too is that because we're working so hard on it and we're making almost all of our mix-ins from scratch, we're making our ice cream base from scratch. We really wanted to keep it simple so that we can focus on making the highest possible quality. And uh, thankfully, the neighborhood has been okay with that, that, you know, we are a little simplified. We're a little pared down. We have our 16 flavors and, uh, you know, we don't have Sundays. But uh, what's been great is I feel like everyone's very excited and kind of realize what we're going for. Yeah. As Nor Business, you were mentioning the breakdown of one of your machines. What are some other struggles that you've had to deal with being so new, but also being so popular all at the same time? So I think it's been um, a challenge to make sure everyone has a good experience and also tempering expectations. Uh, I feel like we in the beginning wanted to be everything to everyone. And we quickly realized we just can't. We're 700 square feet. We'd love to have a dairy free option. And I hope one day we can figure that out. But right now, we are selling out of everything we make. So we currently don't even have time to to test out new things. And since we make everything from scratch, we're not going to have a subpar item, like say a dairy-free flavor without us perfecting it and it being the best possible sorbet we can humanly make. So that has been a little tricky on just telling ourselves like it's okay that we can't be everything. It's okay that we need to stay pared down and just focus on 16 things at a time which is kind of not that fun because we have 200 flavor ideas and we would love to come up with all of these new flavors. But I think it's been almost good that we're forced into a small space in our first shop because it really makes us focus. We can't, we can't, uh, I will absolutely get carried away and try to make everything that people like, but uh, it's been challenging, but also helpful to see we can't be everything because we only have 16 flavors. And our space is way too small to do much else. So um, so that's really helped. Yeah, I think for me, I just assumed before I had owned a small business that everything largely worked the way it was supposed to. But almost all of our equipment is new and only two pieces of machinery haven't broken down or are broken currently. Like for instance, we have a 16 flavor dipping cabinet and uh, the left side is just at 11 degrees and it's set to negative 20. And uh, that means that the ice cream is getting a little bit uh, sticky and melty during the day. So the kids are having to run back, throw in the blast freezer. If someone wants to sample that flavor, run back, grab it, bring it to the front. I mean, if you're in a uh, a residential like house and you turn on your stove, it largely it works. But my experience has been with the business that I guess since it is always going and you're open six days a week, things break pretty frequently. That's- yeah, you have to adapt a lot. There's a lot of adapting. Yeah. I think it's really important to, especially early on, recognize, not to say strengths and weaknesses, but as a business owner and someone who constantly has new ideas and where it can go, but being able to recognize your priority is putting out the best possible product you can for your customers and making sure that they are loving their experience and the ice cream, which of course they are, and are going to continue to come back. It's admirable to hear a business owner say like, there are things right now that we are just not able to accommodate as opposed to trying to do everything and then not being able to do it to the best quality that you're wanting to put out there. So I imagine that is hard in a sense to recognize limitations you currently have, not to say you'll have those same limitations in the future. I think it just shows how passionate both of you are to make sure that what you're putting out there is a hundred percent the best that you can do. And yeah, uh, it's been, yeah, it's, it's helpful just knowing that you just need to focus on what you're trying to be really good at. And then 
once you perfect for once you perfect that and once we feel like we're getting a little bored then we can be like okay we're gonna focus on making something else in the shop and perfecting that what are both of your favorite flavors or if you can't pick one one of your favorite flavors so I would say I, uh, shockingly, am like when I eat ice cream, I like it pretty simple. So I love espresso ice cream and pistachio. Those are always my two go-to. So I love our pistachio flavor. And then also uh, we have a mocha mudslide. I have no idea why I was obsessed with this idea because I've never had this drink before. But I just remembered in the 90s, my mom drinking those Kahlua drinks at TGI Fridays with like the chocolate and uh, it just always looked really decadent. Again, I i mean, I was little. I had never had one, but I just really was obsessed with the idea of that drink, but being in ice cream form. So uh, I worked really hard on getting a perfect espresso ice cream with some coat, like some chocolate sauce in there that we make from scratch so that it can be just this really good, perfect bite of espresso and chocolate together that feels almost a little sinful because it's not as clean as just your regular espresso. Uh, so those are two definitely my favorite. So I, I learned something about myself going into this thought that I didn't really like sweets all that much. And now that we're in ice cream, which is my favorite dessert, I learned that I love extremely <laughs> sweet ice cream. It's the craziest thing. <laughs> so if you see me eating ice cream, I'm going to be eating either our salted caramel pretzel flavor because it's super sweet, really good. And then you have the savory pretzel notes at the end to balance it out or um, the Biscoff Blast Off, which was a brainchild of mine recently. Also very sweet, molassesy, and some nice uh, chunks of Biscoff cookie in there. Those are my two favorite lately. And uh, yeah, the Biscoff one's really cool too because we steep cookies in the base. So every bite is very... Biscoffy. It's so good. I personally, I was like, this is too sweet for me. I like a little bit less sweet, but uh, it's funny because Mr. I don't like sweets uh, loves our like really sweet flavor. Yeah. Honeycomb too. Like I said, that's the original and honeycomb is also very, very sweet. So those are my favorites. Has there been a flavor of ice cream that you guys had in mind? And when you started working with the ingredients, just didn't quite work out the way you thought it would? Yeah, so I've uh, just the two off the top of my head. I've been really trying to work on a gooey butter cake recipe. We did it as a pop up in pints and it worked well then, but I'm really having a hard time. I wanted just the gooey part because I don't necessarily love the second layer, like the cake part. But uh, it turns out it's impossible to cut because it's a gooey mess and you can't get it into pieces. So that one um, we ended up having to table because I just I've been making it multiple times, haven't quite figured out how I want it to be. And then I also um, was obsessed with this concept of making churros and then stuffing churros with ice cream. And I tried it at home multiple times. I couldn't get it to work. Way too big, way too unyieldy. So we really got uh, the churro flavor from me wanting to have this ice cream stuffed churro and then kind of pairing it back and being like, okay, what is the elements of churro that I want? Because we didn't want to just throw in like pre-frozen deep fried churros and we cannot deep fry in our shop. We don't have the equipment, but I love our churro now because it really, it got the essence down, but that has been one thing that usually if there's a failure, we're able to figure out from that failure, what really we actually want in the ice cream. Cause a lot of times with ice cream, you don't have to really make that physical thing for you to get the essence of the ice cream. So with the churro, it's more like cinnamon pastry flakes that really makes you feel like you're biting into churro, but pared down. 
honestly, most of our stuff has worked out. We definitely have fails and we have to redo it over and over and over again. I will say we um, had seen another shop in New York did a croissant flavor and I thought that'd be really fun. And I love, like I said, we love to like bake and cook from scratch. So I decided I was going to teach myself how to make croissants. And then from there, put it in ice cream. But because our ice cream is a custard base, it's already so decadent. It was like eating a stick of butter. It was way too much, way too sweet or uh, too savory. Um, So that one was a fail. We decided that we don't need any more like buttery notes in our ice cream. (laughs) Yeah. And then I'll say a lot of people don't know this because it's a classic, but chocolate is such a brat sometimes like chocolate because chocolate has cocoa butter in it, it freezes differently than like milk fat, which is in the dairy, obviously. So anytime you try to add like actual true chocolate to your chocolate ice cream, you need to be really careful because the poor scoopers up front, they just, uh, they can't get a good scoop out if you add too much chocolate. So I'm really proud of our chocolate. It's a nice, rich chocolate. We use Askinosie out of Springfield. They do a great job. And uh, yeah, it's still got that rich, deep flavor and it's also scoopable. Yeah. So that took us, I think we've probably had a hundred iterations of chocolate through a pop popping up. And then also with the shop, it, it was really hard to nail, but we got it down now. We feel like we perfected it. You mentioned that baking is something you really enjoy doing outside of, of working. What are some other things you guys enjoy doing when you are not focused on, on French custard? So a hundred percent cooking. That's honestly all we do if we're not it's working our, on French custard. That's our stress relief. Especially savory cooking for me now that we're in the the sweet world. Yeah, I haven't been baking. Honestly, I haven't really been cooking. Alex has been helping out a lot with that because we both love to cook. So it's usually pretty even. But um, yeah, outside of outside of cooking, we love to eat out. Honestly, we're just very food, (laughs) food driven people. Um, We love to try new restaurants and we really are excited because Kansas City is just getting some really incredible new restaurants. And we're uh, feeling kind of like we get to have our walkability dream where Earl's is right up the street. Vaccaro just opened. Yeah. Uh, so it's awesome being able to walk to new restaurants. Outside of that, we like to, we have a lot of friends in the neighborhood that we get to see. And uh, we of course love TV succession and Barry have been captivating us lately. So yeah, it's, it's been good to kick back and enjoy some of life outside of work as we get our feet under us. Where are some of your other favorite places to go to in Kansas city? So Waldo Thai is our absolute favorite restaurant. Um, we were literally there last night. We love it. Yeah. Um, and then we actually tonight are going to Chingyu and it's so good. I'm so excited for that being a new space. Yeah. Like just also referenced uh, Earl's where Mainstays at just because it's right down the street from the shop. And, and incredible. And incredible. Vicaro is the same way. Uh, we're partial because uh, Robin is such a good friend of ours, but Billy's Grocery, I think, is such a unique concept and the city has really embraced that. Yeah, it's definitely our go-to lunch spot. Yeah, Billy's. and then uh, for a date night, Antler Room is also a big favorite of ours. We don't get that up there as much as we should, but they do some really good stuff there. And with you guys having just recently moved back to Kansas City, even in a short period of time since you were away, Kansas City has changed so much and the amount of cool local restaurants that that have opened like Earl's and like Bacarmo and just these cool neighborhood spots that are also really good. And Dan and I frequently talk about when we're out to eat that it's so nice to have these restaurants that are walkable that aren't just a neighborhood bar and grill. Yes. As great as those places are and they serve their purpose, I don't want a beer and burger every time we go out to eat. And it's so nice to feel like there is such a variety and continuing to be a variety 
not just downtown, but in areas like Brookside and Waldo. It's been really exciting and cool to see the places that have opened recently. Yeah, I know uh, Brookside is getting a wine bar in Crestwood Shops. And I'm that was like the one thing that I missed so much from New York was just a place to get a glass of wine and a cheese plate or oysters. And uh, so we're very excited that we can walk to a wine bar in the neighborhood coming it's, soon. We, we've we been looking this for this for so long. I always tease Jessica because she'll be like, what should we do? Like a happy hour. And I'll just say, you know, what sounds good. Let's get a cheese plate and a glass of wine. And then the joke being that there's not really any place like that nearby. Yeah. Until, yeah. Until very recently. Uh, yeah. So it's awesome. So I feel like uh, Kansas City for a while just was more um, casual. Like there's just a lot of casual, which is awesome. I mean, I love, you know, cheeseburger and a beer, but uh, yeah, it's just nice having places that you don't have to go downtown to have like a really nice date night. Because especially now we're, you know, in the shop all day, we're tired. We just want to go for a walk and have really good food and be able to go home fast. If there was anything you could change about Kansas City, what would that be? I think for me, and I'll let Jess answer in her own way, I I know a lot of people because I listen to your podcast, they say walkability and that's very important to me too. So I'll say something different. And for me, especially having left finance and gone into food, barriers to entry to the food industry and uh, access to capital are two of the biggest issues, preventing more people from opening original concepts and small businesses from opening. If you look at barriers to entry, we rezone from a hair salon to an ice cream shop. We don't have a a gas range. There's no gas appliances in, in the whole building. But uh, it took us seven months to get approved to rezone. So we were just idly sitting idly or popping up that whole time. We lost basically a year to that. And then by the time we could start construction, it was already winter. So that was a huge one. The whole process, I think every individual person involved in the process means well, but I don't think that anyone has looked at the process and thought, does this make sense? Is this uh, actually making things better? And uh, how can we streamline streamline this. So I always think Jessica is a voracious reader. So she read a book about, I think it was the origin of Tex-Mex or something. It had something to do, <laughs> it had something to do with, she's going to correct me. I'm going to get this wrong, but it had something to do with basically Chile started an open air kitchens in Texas. And basically like, there's no, there's no permits, you know, like maybe we could do something similar with like barbecue in Kansas city. Like if I walk up to an open air market, I'm assuming some risk. So maybe there's a streamlined uh, health printing process for that. Everything is very uh, bureaucratic and sterile from that perspective. And then access to capital, I think, is just a countrywide thing. I have a background as someone who raised capital for a living. If you don't have that skill set or know someone who will invest in you, then I can see why that would prevent you from entering an industry that's, frankly, the best way to change your your socioeconomic status. So it's like one of the best upward mobility industries. And I think we could do a lot around that as a city creatively. Yeah, I'd say uh, to jump off that, because Alex and I talk about this a lot, it didn't really feel like Kansas City was super business friendly. We had a really, really hard time getting our business open. And it's just one ice cream shop. It's not complicated like a restaurant. Um, We were begging people to take our phone calls so that we can get rezoned. It took seven months. And the only reason we actually got our certificate was that we called them like five times a day to get a health inspection. It took forever. It was very difficult. We had to go through a lot of different outlets. So I really think Kansas City can improve on actually helping small business because I know quite a few people have told us that they would open their second location not in Kansas City. They would go to Leewood or in Kansas because Kansas is a lot more laid back about small business. 
And again, it's not any, it's not the employees. All the people we talked to have been great. It's just, I think the system hasn't been looked at for a long time. Yeah, I think this is, I mean, going back to popping up, uh, I'm sure you saw that a lot of pop-ups had banded together to get a new permit because it was so, it was so expensive to pop up that people weren't making any money. And then we can't get new cool restaurants if no one's making money from when they're popping up. So hopefully the city starts to work on that a little bit because that was definitely shocking to us how hard it was to actually open in Kansas City. Kansas City's home of barbecue, which what is barbecue if not the most entrepreneurial way of doing a pop-up and you smoke meats and people come to you and buy it. And it's a very streamlined, very simple process. I don't know why we can't have all food pop-ups go in that same route. Yeah, that same manner. Yeah. So hopefully, um, yeah, someone embraces um, having it simpler because I feel like consumers want a uh, small business. Small business wants to serve consumers. And then there's just this middle ground that makes it really hard for people to actually be able to serve Getting back to French custard and serving your customers, are there any flavors coming out soon that you would want listeners to know about when they visit the shop? So uh, we have a lot of new things coming out, but one flavor I'm really excited about that I think we'll we'll definitely have in late June uh, is called, sorry, we just named it Honey Caramel Pecan Blondie. We make our own blondies from scratch with uh, Honey Caramel from Andre's and uh buttered pecans and then we put that in our sweet cream base and it is so good so flavorful and honestly like nothing i'd really ever had before uh it was kind of a on a whim thing we wanted to we had a lot of pecans and we wanted to use the honey caramel and we were kind of trying to come up with a cool way of doing that um so i think that's gonna be a mainstay definitely um in late june that's a really cool very unique flavor that's very delicious and crushable yeah and i don't know if this flavor this collab will be on the menu uh when this comes out per se but we'll definitely have something in the corn realm uh for the summer so i've been playing around with a a corn base with maybe like a blueberry jam swirled in or something like that then the collaboration i was referencing which i don't i don't want to talk for tacos valentina but they have given us a corn salsa with like a lime puree in it. And it's really good. Uh, we'll just see if they can keep sourcing it for us through the end of June. So we'll definitely have a summer corn flavor. We're really excited to try to, to really test ourselves and not just do like a traditional cornbread. But... And the savory flavors really resonate with people because they're harder to pull off. And it's a nice way to flex that we're, we pour our heart and soul into this craft so we can pull off a corn ice cream. Yeah, absolutely. I think just shows your passion for your business and how awesome French custard is. And it's fun to hear you talk about the flavors you're going to be having and how they're different from other places. And I think it just shows one of the many aspects aspects that makes French custard and you and your team so different from other shops in Kansas City. Yeah. Half of the flavors we come up with are me either trying to make Jessica laugh or uh, say that it sounds so good. So that's that's where it all comes from. Yeah, and then one uh, one last thing. Again, I don't know if we'll have it, but it'll probably frequently happen. But um, our good friend James Chang of James Chang Kitchen, we had a chili oil ice cream when we were pop-up and people have been really asking about it. And we're officially going to do it on May 28th. I'm not positive if it'll just be a one-time thing every once in a while or if we'll have it a more permanent flavor. But um, we've already collabed with James Chang many times before, so you can definitely find um, some Taiwanese uh, ice cream influences through James on our menu a lot. 
Are there any other collaborations with local businesses that you're currently working on that you can share or any businesses that you would want to partner with? So we're making a, it's brand new in the works, a uh, Billy's Grocery sugar cookie, uh, almost like we kind of want to do like a birthday cake ice cream, but with uh, Billy's gluten-free sugar cookies with her frosting and sprinkles. Um, I'm really excited to see kind of how we can take a classic birthday cake flavor and turn it something into something that's uniquely ours and Billy's together. Uh, so I think that's gonna be like a really good, really addicting flavor. And then I think for some dream collabs, maybe the peanut, I don't know, <laughs> put some buffalo sauce in there. Huge congrats again to you guys from your journey of starting off as a pop-up to the construction on your physical location and just the success that French custard has had in less than three months which is so incredible and is amazing. And I'm just excited to see where you and your team continue to go and the flavors you come up with. Thank you so much. It means a ton. And the community out, outreach to us has just been amazing. So it's it's been overwhelming in a good way. For people who do not yet follow you on Instagram, where can people follow the shop? So our Instagram handle is at the French Custard. Uh, we go by French custard, but French custard was taken. So that ha has the added to it. And then we also have a Facebook page. I believe that's French custard KC, but we're definitely more active on Instagram. And then our website is www.frenchcustard.com. Be sure to follow French custard on Instagram to keep up with their latest flavor creations. As always, you can follow me on Instagram at KC by Sari. See you next week. <laughs> Ooh, hey, hey, Casey's Confidential, Casey's Confidential, hey, ooh, Kansas City's best, ooh, Casey Confidential, mm. Casey's confidential.